Hello and welcome to Daddy Issues, the podcast where we talk about father and son relationships in popular culture that make us cry. It's been a year and a half absence to all of you 20 people that have listened to this, but as usual, I am here with David Bryan. Hello David, how are you doing? Hi Dom, it's been, uh, it's been a long wait, but um, I'm hoping this will be, be worth the wait. I've been very excited to do this. <laughs> yeah. All those those poor people that have been hankering in the comments for another episode I know. of Daddy I Issues. Mean, they've been clever in making them invisible, but you know we know they're there. Yeah, the silent silent majority. Yeah, yeah. The ve- very silent majority. Yeah, uh, members so of Anonymous you... are going to be really pleased that this is, <laughs> this is back. <laughs> to jump straight into uh, to what we're going to talk about today... Um, we're talking about Star Trek. Yes, we that's, are. That, yeah, yeah, that's pretty much it. You could probably tell from the name of, of the episode. We're talking about Deep Space Nine, um, one of the more undervalued, well, previously undervalued Star Trek. Uh, why did we decide to talk about this episode? Why? Uh, we, we decided to talk about this episode because you told me that we should do an episode about this episode. That's right. Yes. That's how the relationship works here, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> I say we're doing this and we fucking do it. Yes, we do. No. So uh, we're in the middle of, uh, well, it's supposed to be towards the end of the coronavirus pandemic, but of course we're not. We're in the middle of um, October 2020. And I recently had to come back and to quarantine um came back to the uk to quarantine and spent 14 days with a fuck all to do <laughs> so i decided to spend my 14 days binge watching like the one star trek series that i'd always been like eh is it that good everyone says it's good is it that good it's pretty fucking good is what i found out over my 14 days but the one episode we're going to talk about today mostly the visitor is Every time you see like a, a list of top Star Trek episodes, the visitor of like, whether it's original series, Next Generation, Voyager, you know, the, the whole shebang, the visitor is a constant on that. Um, and before we get into specifics, um, what did you think of the episode itself when I, I forced you to watch it? <laughs> I was actually really surprised by how good it was. Because uh, I remember watching a lot of Deep Space Nine when I was a kid because my mum was a big Trekkie. So she watched them all. She watched TNG, she watched Voyager, and she watched Deep Space Nine. So I kind of got into it through that. And I don't know, I'd say maybe Voyager was a was her fave, and Deep Space Nine might have actually been her least favourite, but, you know, that's like comparing all your children, I think, to, as far as she was concerned. But um, I don't remember sitting down and really admiring an episode at that time mm. in my life when I was that age. But watching this this time, I was shocked this was an episode of Star Trek Deep Space Nine. I, when I got to the end, I thought this this could have been like on stage. This could have been a play. This is uh, yeah beyond what I might have expected. Yes, yeah. One of the things that really separates Deep Space Nine from like from the other series, whether it be Next Generation or Voyager, is that the majority of Deep Space Nine is an ongoing story. It's uh, it's a constant continuation of. Uh, the relationships on on board and um, you know the the political situation. Uh, there's a long running, long building storyline until it reaches a climax. Whereas in Next Generation, you might have the the odd two parter episode, but it's not really building to anything. One of the things that's really great about 
the visitor is that it works as like a bottle episode like any other episode of um next generation or the original series you don't have to have seen any of deep space nine to come into this episode um with other ones with like the episode before this i think this is season four episode two or three because i think episode uh, episode one is a two-parter yeah it depends so, how it counts. yeah yeah, yeah. But the episode episodes before this, um, the, the series beginning, is the introduction of Worf into Deep Space Nine. And it's some cool moments where Worf comes on and does some Klingon shit, and you're like, yeah, Worf. Um, and then the episodes after this, like, if you haven't seen, oh yeah, Worf's here now, you're going to be really confused. But for, for The Visitor, it's, you could just put it on to anyone, and I have. Just put it on and be like, it really doesn't matter. You just, have, you know, it's just a father and son story and it's going to make you cry. Yeah, yeah, that's probably in the synopsis. Yes. Well, how exactly do you want to do this? Because there's there's two ways that we can, we can go through it. Number one, we can just go through the story of the episode um, and talk about the different scenes and, and what made it great. Or we can do a brief synopsis and then just kind of discuss... Discuss our thoughts and feelings through it. Oh man, I don't know. You normally lead lead the way on this. I'm just here for the ride, man. <laughs> I wish I okay, wish well, I'd watched this. I watched this episode after you told me about it, whenever that was, two or three weeks ago, mm-hmm. and um, I haven't watched it again since. Um, so you'll probably have to refresh my memory on a lot of things. But I, th- I, th- I think I'm. My memory will serve me well. Yeah, no, I think as well. That's that's one thing about this episode is that the story is great. But it's the connection between everyone that's that's really important. So, like, before you would watch the episode of Deep Space Nine, um, The Visitor, the, th- the only things you would have to know about Deep Space Nine is uh, Captain Sisko, Commander Sisko, whichever one he is at this point. I think he's Captain Sisko by now. Um, Captain Sisko uh, has a son, and his son is called Jake, who is, like, 18 years old by this point, I think. And uh, Captain Sisko's wife was killed in an attack by the Borg at Wolf 359. Some Star Trek nerds going to be really pissed off at me. <laughs> but by, he was killed, his wife was killed by Captain Picard, by Locutus, when Captain Picard was assimilated into the Borg. No way! I did not know yeah. that. Yeah, that's the, the first episode. What a crossover. Captain Picard, Captain Picard is assimilated by the Borg. Locutus kills... Uh, not personally, he doesn't like go. Where's Captain Sisko's wife? Because <laughs> I, Locutus, am going to. But she's she's one of the people killed um, when Picard is a Borg, and so we meet a character who is very different to the other Star Trek captains. Who are, but how would you describe Picard and Janeway? Like those gen, that kind of generation of captains. Um, I suppose there's a great deal of um don't know they've all been given kind of like these monikers haven't they like Picard is often referred to as like a a scholar or a philosopher Mm. or a diplomat which I guess are all all good qualities of a captain which Janeway was a lot more no-nonsense and I suppose through the nature of the show kind of breaking that gender ceiling as well they've kind of touched on that throughout the thing like maybe a woman but I'm still the captain I'm still in charge and you know I won't be taken lightly Um, Mm and she was quite hard hard nosed I thought um Whereas, uh, yeah, I don't know. There's a bit of a more of a laid back attitude about Cisco. He's not. Yeah. He's uh, he kind of just takes things as they come, handles them in a calm, 
way and kind of uh, it's all I don't know he seems to be very what's the word I'm looking for he's like I think it's interesting that he has a son in the series because he's kind of quite paternal to the crew and to the space station mm. too whereas sometimes he's there to to yell and put people in line other times he's very encouraging and forgiving of people um don't you think yeah i yeah i think that's that sounds about right it's one of the things that really shines through about deep space nine is that they do have much more of a a connection than the other ones do like uh if we talk about next generation all of the characters are great and they're great to see them together but they they seem like friends but in comparison to deep space 9 the the crew of the enterprise are very much this is our job right picard isn't friends with the rest of the crew of the enterprise like he'll have a good relationship with them but the person he's closest to on the enterprise is dr crusher because they are like actually friends what about but he data? can't be well, Data's a robot. He's not friends with, you know, but know, other but like... than his, his friendship with Geordie. But the reason that we think that Data and Picard are friends is because they're always in the movies together. All the time. <laughs> okay. But, but did you see but... the new Picard series where, like, he kind of pines after his memories for Data and stuff? Yes. Yes. Maybe I shouldn't have brought yes, it up. Right. Maybe it's too. No, soon we're, we're, to we're, we're, we're gonna fucking come. Don't you worry about that. Next <laughs> issue of Daddy. Next next episode of Daddy Issues. Data's a dad again. How does that work? Anyway, but we'll get to that another time. Okay. But with within Deep Space Nine, it is there are friends here. There are families here. You've got Cisco and and his son and and Jake. You've got. Um, Chief O'Brien. Yeah. You've got Brian, his wife Keiko, Keiko. and Molly. Yeah, yeah, his his whole family. And yeah, there is more of a feeling of um a community and things on board Deep Space Nine, which makes a big difference. Yeah, absolutely. And that's definitely a big uh I think a big theme of this. Having um watched it through and seen um I think I know we're gonna talk about how the show ends generally, but mm. um having seen that recently, it really does have a family feel people come and people go and you know mm. there's goodbyes and they're really heartfelt and they really just feel like things change in a, in a big way whereas in other series characters can come and go and be killed and it's just like well they're going to be replaced by somebody else which i suppose happens in ds9 too with uh dax but that's kind of all in, yeah. all entwined with that trill kind of mythology which i yeah. think is quite cool yeah yeah well, let's let's get into the visitor then so uh, if we go through go through the plot to begin with. Yeah, go on then. Yeah. We open. <laughs> Intro. Night. The Louisiana Bayou. 80 years in the future. However however long it's meant in to be. In the future from the future. Yes, yeah. If you think <laughs> Star Trek's in the future, you have seen nothing before now. Because this is going even further into the future. Um... We start with an elderly writer, an African-American man living in his house. There's a knock on his door and some this young woman comes in and says, God, you are my favourite writer, Jake Sisko. And as the audience, we're like, what? Because this is very close to the introduction of that bit of Jake's character where he says... I'm going to be a writer. Everyone else is like, like Nog, his Ferengi friend, is like, I'm joining Starfleet. Um, but Jake, even though his dad is, you know, uh, one of the most famous people in Starfleet, Jake's like, no, uh, writing is my passion. So when we jump into the future, we say that Jake was a writer, 
But as this lady explains to us, he gave it all up. And when she says, why did you give it up? He says something along the lines of the worst thing that ever happened to a young man happened to me. when My father died. Bam, credits, Deep Space Nine. <laughs> Bam, credits, <laughs> Daddy Issues episode. <laughs> yeah. yeah, if we get this into a video, we'll just have to just t- rip, rip that opening <laughs> and stick it on, on the front. <laughs> yeah, it's a great opening to... To an episode as well. Yeah. Is it is it before... Because it, it does it go to credits from there? Um, yes. Yeah. It does. So does before that, before the credits roll, do we get the whole, if you would come to me on any other day, if you come to me tomorrow or... Uh, sorry, yesterday or a week ago, I wouldn't have told you and I just told you to get out of my house and leave. But because you've come today of all days, yes. I will tell you my story, which I've not told anybody. Yeah. And instantly... Like the the wet, it's night time. There's lightning outside. There's a storm. Yeah. This girl comes in asking for this mysterious story, and he's like, "I would throw you out of my house any other day, but this one night of all nights, it's like, oh my god, the mystery. What could it be about? My father died. Yeah, there's all, <laughs> of course. But there's the, the other interesting thing. I think when we very first, the camera first shows us this elderly man. He's holding some weird like canister with a needle mm. on him and he's about or does he he's just put it to his neck right so mm-hmm. immediately you're like who is this and what is that and then he gets distracted by this woman arriving at his his door right so there's mm-hmm. another little nugget there that they're going to show what do they call it in the in theater about the the gun don't the show, Chekhov's gun Chekhov's gun yeah that is the Chekhov's gun of this episode Yes. Yeah, if you see a man with a needle, you better believe the needle's coming into play later on in the story. Absolutely. There's no way, yeah, there's no way that's not coming up. So when we get uh, past the, the opening credits and um, we the episode cuts between uh, Jake, 80, 80 years in the future, uh, explaining the story to the young woman and then the story he's telling in... The Star Trek Deep Space Nine present day. I was about to do this. Uh, I'm, I'm using air quotes. I was going to do the possibly. air quotes too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In in the present day, the the, the regular timeline of the series, and uh, Jake is is with Cisco. They've gone off to the wormhole. There's a wormhole in Deep Space Nine. If you haven't seen it, there's it's, there's a giant wormhole. It it's, it causes all kinds of hijinks. Maybe this is a good God. time to pause the episode and go to the Deep Space Nine Wikipedia and just quickly read about the wormhole and Bajor yeah. and the Cardassians and the Federation. Just get yeah. a bit of backstory because we can't yeah, go into the... the whole thing right now. Yeah. And that's why most episodes of Deep Space Nine can be like inaccessible if you just watch a random episode. Yeah. Because it's like, what the hell is going... What? what, what? Yeah. <laughs> whereas, whereas this episode does a really good job of incorporating the, the 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 mythos of the of the regular show but just encapsulating it right yeah. like there, there's a wormhole you, you'll get it yeah you'll get it is there something as well i don't really remember much of from previous star treks oh no other star treks so they all kind of on at the same time aren't they that uh, they introduced a new a new species a new race of aliens that we hadn't seen before in another star trek series and they were like basically besides the human characters the most uh the you know the most central species in the show mm-hmm with the Bajorans and we'd, we'd never seen anything about them before yeah. so they had to spend so much time um really uh, what's the word establishing the Bajorans? Yeah, establishing the mythology and yeah. the religion and especially how that ends up in tw- um interlacing with with cisco's story but um yeah yeah re- re- read about it <laughs> 
Yes, yeah. Well, that will be, it will come up later in in the conversation. But yeah, the wormhole is a, a connection between uh, the the alpha quadrant where you know the main Star Trek universe takes place and the gamma, gamma, quadrant? gamma quadrant, the gamma quadrant. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we've been talking about Voyager too much. Um, but yeah, and the gamma quadrant, which is like the, the other side of of the galaxy, basically. Yeah. Um, and it, it's the only stable wormhole known in existence next to the planet of Bajor, which is being orbited by Deep Space Nine, the space station. Um, the Bajorans believe that it's a holy site and that inside the wormhole there are these uh, celestial beings they call the prophets that are like gods to the Bajorans, but they've never spoken to them. The only person they speak to is fucking Ben Sisko. When he yeah. turns up, he's like, I'm going to go through that wormhole. And he does, and he becomes a religious figure to the Bajorans. So the wormhole, yeah, is a, a big, a big deal. And in the beginning of this episode, there's some wormhole fluctuations, which is um, a Star Trek science way of saying shit's about to go down, and you don't <laughs> need to know the specifics. Yeah. Right. It's like something sciencey is about to happen. Just strap yourself in and yeah. go with it. They make it sound like a bit of like a Halley's Comet kind of thing where this doesn't happen. It happens once every like 50 years or whatever. And Cisco is yeah. really keen for Jake to witness it because it might not happen again in his lifetime. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Yeah, Jake's a little bit distracted, isn't he? Yeah. Jake is just he can't stop writing his book. And uh, Captain Cisco goes to see his son, and it's like, stop writing your your damn book. You he nerd. says something like, <laughs> "Yeah, <laughs> you freaking nerd, Jake." He says so, so, that great line that's something like, um, "You know, if you were a writer, I would have thought you'd want to, you know, pop your head up every once in a while and look around. Yeah. Like, life will pass you by if you if you let it like that." Which that concept is integral to this episode. Like that's like that sentence is just the heart of this entire episode. Yeah, that's really. the theme. It's like if yeah, life life will you know life will disappear if you don't embrace it. Um, so you know he convinces Jake. You know I'll read your book after we go and see this amazing event. But what happens next? Shit goes wrong. It does. It's a Star Trek episode. It really does because it's they're on like a a little runabout, aren't they? And uh, what's her name? Dip. I think they're on the Defiant. Is yeah. it the Defiant? Cause, I think so. Yeah, but there's not there's barely any people on it. Like Dax is piloting. Maybe mm -hmm. is there some and there's like some anonymous <laughs> deck hands in engineering. Yeah. Because at, what always happens is stuff goes wrong with the ship. Engineering gets sparky explosions and oh my a God. bit shaky yeah. and uh and yeah, shit goes wrong. So Cisco is like called to engineering. Or he just fucking runs to engineering. He's like, oh, I've got to go see what's going on because I'm the captain. Yeah, he's like, Jake, stay in your room. Yeah. And, I've got to go to engineering. And then in voiceover, as, with Jake telling the story to his visitor. Oh, the visitor. I think I've just got why it's called the visitor. <gasps> Whoa. <laughs> Smart. Um, yeah, and in voiceover, Jake says, any other time and many times before when my father told me to stay put, I did. But for some reason on this day, I didn't. And I followed mm my father to engineering and so cisco gets to engineering and of course all the engineering guys are just knocked out or dead oh, or whatever. They're, they're all unconscious just, yeah, yeah. Just, they yeah. didn't have a name before the episode so therefore they have no reason to not be unconscious um <laughs> so jake and cisco have to fix the problem uh engineering styly without any engineers and i can't remember who's yeah. o'brien on the bridge as well and he's giving no, instructions no. How, how, how yeah this... i there's like some MacGuffin they have to get in order to fix the, the, the breach in the warp core, right? Which is 
Yes, yeah, that's because the, the, the fluctuations, yeah, these fluctuations from the wormhole have caused some kind of interference in the warp core, and they're yeah. gonna have to uh, essentially conduct all of the energy to the deflector dish and shoot it out into space. Right. Yeah. So, yeah, the, there's too much energy going on within the ship. They've got to eject as much energy as they can. Sure. And there's one tool. There's one tool that they happen to need. And yeah. uh, Jake gets it, gives it to his dad. Cisco sticks it in, deflects the energy. And he's like, whew, that was a close one. Wasn't it? Yeah. But then just when you think all is well, the warp core does some, some jazzy light show stuff. And Cisco gets zapped by all the energy. And Jake's like, what? What? Uh, what's going on? And then uh, Cisco fucking disintegrates. He just goes. Yeah, in front of his son. In front yeah. of Jake's eyes, and he's just gone. And yeah. you're like, shit. Have they actually just killed off the fucking captain of the fucking... I'm swearing too much. I've had wine. Um, no, no, it's Cap- deserved. <laughs> Cap- Cisco's fucking dead. Fucking Cisco's <laughs> dead? What the yeah. hell? What are they going to do? This is only season four, yeah. episode two. It's season four, episode three. <laughs> what, you can't yeah. kill Cisco now. Yeah. But they did. They did. He's fucking gone, mate. Yeah, and he is gone. He's lost, right? Like, like they presume him dead because they can't find any trace of him and he seems to be fuck- zapped by energy and disintegrated yes, so yeah. that they... And again, and, and yeah. not a very... You kind of expect them to quickly be like... He seems to be dead, but actually maybe he's not. Very quickly, the yeah. story goes, and he was dead. And, and he was and, dead. And yeah. Deep Space Nine mourned him, and they had a memorial, and people said nice things, and but Jake couldn't bring himself to speak because uh, he was too mm. heartbroken. And you're like, oh shit, like, life went on. Like, they just moved on. And, yeah, and th- yeah, that's what we realise about the older Jake, is that this is a man whose father died like genuinely died when he was 18 years old and has never been able to to move on from it yeah. and he carries that that burden and everything with him and we follow you know the the unfolding events of his life as he struggles to deal with watching his father die in, and die in front of him and 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 can't handle it yeah but yeah we the story kind of continues a little bit further on when Jake's in bed and Cisco what's the opposite of disintegrates? Reintegrates. <laughs> Reintegrates, reappears, manifests. Manifests but, uh, yeah, yeah, whatever. Yeah. Cisco manifests in front of in front of him and Jake's like, What the f- what? What was that? But he's only there for a few seconds and Jake's convinced, oh it must have just been a dream. Um, all of the other crew members on Deep Space Nine have been like very thoughtful, and you know they're um, they've done their best to help Jake and to help him move on and to mourn. Um, but when he says my dad was here, they're like, "Oh, you you miss your dad so much." Yeah, but they kind of humor you know, like, him. They they yeah. run scans. Go maybe maybe he was there, but there's there's no trace that anyone was there, and we have to yeah. just assume Jake kind of imagined it in his trauma. Yeah. But then, but then, but then it's what, yeah, it's like a a year, a year later, like, I think it's around a year later, um, Cisco appears again in the halls of Deep Space Nine while Jake is walking around. It's not in his bedroom, it's just out in, in, in Deep Space Nine. And he grabs him quickly, they 
run to the medical lab. Everybody's there. They could all see him. Everyone's like, what the hell is going on? They're running tests. They, they're putting, like, status bubbles around him to try and get him, uh, to, you know, to stay integrated, to not disintegrate. Yeah. Um, and everybody's panicking. And uh, we get a really beautiful emotional moment between Jake and Cisco at that point. Yeah, I, I like it. I, it's so sweet and heartfelt that the first thing that I think Cisco says when he's kind of gathered himself and he's mm. in the medical bay and everyone's around him and he sees Jake and the first thing he said was, how are you doing? Are you, mm. are you okay? And how's your book? It's like, yeah, because Cisco has no idea how long he's been gone. For him, it's been moments and, you know, it could the, the vaporization in his mind happens minutes ago and not a year ago. And it, yeah. But I think even after he's been told that he's been gone that long, he just cares about how Jake is doing, if he's okay. And there's, yeah, there's a moment, the first, the first choke up of the episode comes when Jake can't really figure out what to say. And Mm. he, all he can do is he feels, doesn't he, he just feels ashamed that he gave up. Like he had every reason to believe his dad was gone forever. It'd been a year. And you know, the, the time he saw him in his room, he's just chalked up as a hallucination. Um, and he just yeah the shame he has for for not continuing to search for his dad when clearly he's he's around he's a, he's survived somehow um and he just yeah they didn't i like how they didn't try and fit that into dialogue they just show it jake the guy who plays jake does a really good job of just showing it with his face when he just breaks and he starts to cry and and even then cisco doesn't offer him much of an explanation or anything he just comforts mm. him gives him a hug and kisses him on the cheek and he's like it's, it's fine you did nothing yeah. wrong. It's okay. Yeah. And then he's gone again. And then he's gone. Oh, man. It's uh, it's a heart-wrenching moment. And we get a bit of an explanation where, you know, we get all the, the science nonsense where we realise that Cisco isn't dead, but instead he's trapped in subspace, like a, a area outside of space and time. And so he's not existing out there the same way that we are it hasn't been one year to him it's just there is no time it's both like nanoseconds and eternity or just a matter of minutes it's um yeah as time doesn't exist for him it's just jumping essentially jumping between these various points but once again jake has to watch his dad you know die in front of him but the most important thing that cisco says is to move on with your life Right, like live, live your life. Finish don't your live book. your life being, yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't live your life being ashamed of me. You know, go and be the man that that you're meant to be. And what's kind of interesting is I think that Jake absolutely would not have done that. But in we get a story moment where we say, "Oh, the tensions with the Klingons grew so large that we had to leave Deep Space Nine, basically." Yeah. And against against his will, really, Jake is removed from Deep Space Nine and sent back to Earth. Yeah. And he has to leave the place where he thought his father was, you know, haunting, basically. Yeah, and the, there is, a, I think, in that moment where they, like, the, the Deep Space Nine kind of gets evacuated. Because all the Bajorans who were there, who saw Cisco as a religious figure, and now he's gone, they take that as a bad mm-hmm. sign that this is not a good place to be. And mm-hmm. But Jake doesn't want to leave. Yeah, like you said, he's kind of his father is attached to this place, and this this is where he wants to stay. 
and yeah, yeah it's I think it's Kiro's like I don't want to have to order you to go but I think you should go yeah yeah it's it's a tough moment but after that we jump how many years in the future about 20 years I can't really remember this is where my memory is getting patchy you might have to fill in the yeah gaps. Um, yeah I think we, we jump 20 years into the future and we see uh, Jake for the first time as an adult man Yes. So we see, yes, we see him uh, with his wife. He's got married to a Bajoran woman and the, um, they, they've they moved into Louisiana from the home, uh, the, the house that he's in for the whole episode, his oldest self is in. And it's in Louisiana because um, the Cisco's are a Louisiana family. Um, uh, the, the Captain Cisco's father jake's grandfather runs a restaurant in new orleans and that's a constant point throughout the series like normally um star trek doesn't go to earth very often but in deep space nine they can't stay away from new orleans they're <laughs> always there um so yeah he's moved there so he can be closer to his grandfather closer to his family he's married a woman uh, a bajoran woman and he's written those books that he was always going to do. Those famous books. They're incredibly well received. And Nog, his Ferengi friend, um, is there at the house to be like, Oh, I'm doing so well in Starfleet now. Yeah. Um, aren't I good? Isn't he and a it's captain? weird. Is not, that... not yet. Oh, spoilers. But he's... Sorry. Yeah, yeah. It's all right. But he's... we. It's weird seeing the, the older actor playing Jake and the same actor playing Nog. Yeah. Because, yeah, the actor who plays Jake is already pretty tall. Like, he's a yeah. tall guy, but the actor who plays Nog is not a tall guy. And then seeing the... They've tried to give him, like, elderly Ferengi makeup or whatever, but it yeah. doesn't quite, you know... Uh, yeah, I guess that's the thing about work. Ferengi physiology. They just age to a certain point and then don't change. Yeah, because yeah. seen, we've seen the same actor playing Nog in, like, the first couple of seasons when the guy who plays Jake is you know, sort of pre-growth spurt. He's, he's yes. kind of a kid. And then and over the first few seasons, Jake just gets taller and taller and taller until he's taller yeah. than Cisco, taller than his dad by by that point, by the time he's like 18. Yeah. Whereas the guy who plays Nog never grew because he was probably... No. He was probably 30 playing like an 18-year-old. But so yeah. I, I suppose, yeah, there's no reason to make him older because maybe Frankies don't really age the same way. I don't know. Yeah, but it does I think that's, well, that's so small. It's one of the things that's really nice about Deep Space Nine is that you do get you have that family dynamic, but you get to see everyone get older as well. Yeah, and it's not like in Next Generation where you watch it and you go, "Oh God, they aged." <laughs> yeah, yeah. In 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 Deep Space Nine, it's like, "Oh, they matured." Because it's a young cast to begin with, yeah. and you get to see them like come into themselves, and especially with those characters like Jake, who is a kid at the beginning, and by the end, he's he's a man. Yeah, you know, he's yeah, he really has grown up like that, and it's yeah. This episode is kind of has that feeling of the whole series, really, of how these characters grow and and progress, which is really great. Yeah, but yeah, Nog Nog is visiting uh, his wife. We get an introduction to his wife and into Jake's life. And we see he hasn't fully healed, but he has moved on because he hasn't had any choice. He was torn away from Deep Space Nine, which is where he thinks his father's, you know, it maybe still is if he is still out there. Um, but there's nothing he can do. The Klingons aren't going to let him. Yeah. So he can't call up, you know, General Martok of the Klingon <laughs> Empire and be like, dear General Martok, would can, you please yeah. allow me to? Yeah, can yeah, can I just hang out where I used to live? 
Cheers. I'll, yeah. I won't be any trouble, probably. Yeah, so. yeah. So we get a nice scene with uh, with him and his wife and realise like the two of them are like head over heels yeah. for each other. They're proper in love. It's sweet. Yeah, yeah. And just when everything seems to be going right... Ah... <sighs> What happens? Cisco appears again. Woo! He, That's after he leaves and then, yeah, he disappears on their couch or something, right? Or on the floor and they pick him up. Yes. Yeah. 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 He just appears in the house. And this is the first time that Cisco has seen his son as an adult man. Yeah. And they're, they're much closer in age now. Maybe Cisco's like five or ten years older than, than Jake. Yeah. But it's true. not much. They're, they're much closer in you know, in age to each other at this point. Yeah. Totally. Are you waiting? Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. You pause like you're waiting for me to chime in, but that, no, I just no, well, I agree. <laughs> I was just, yeah, I was just thinking about, there's that, that great moment with, do you remember the the moment with his wife? Um, where, yeah, where Cisco yeah. is, int- is introduced to Jake's wife? Yeah. It's like, yeah. That must be, that must be strange. But again, that Cisco does it with this really strange kind of grace and acceptance mm. of the situation. So yeah, he hasn't seen, Jake in what to him has been moments, minutes, seconds, mm-hmm. or like you say, eternity. But for Jake, it's been 20 years and he's become a man. And Cisco is looking upon his son as a fully grown adult for the first time, being introduced to his daughter-in-law. Yeah. And he's just, yeah, so graceful, like, oh, nice to meet you. But it doesn't take long for Jake's excitement at seeing his dad again to turn into mm. uh, almost like the, the trauma is... Uh, re-emerges in him mm. and, he, and the shame the shame of, of again like he, mm. it's been he get, he has not been looking for him he just accepts mm. he just uh, presumed that that was it he got those few seconds back on Deep Space Nine but now he's not on Deep Space Nine anymore he was never going to see him again and that was it mm. um, so it's here where we, we kind of get an idea that maybe Jake and Cisco are attached somehow with the way this whole accident happened um, but yeah like I say Jake can't can't maintain his composure and again breaks down and just apologizes and mm. in this yeah super sweet way uh, cisco just takes him like a father does to a son just holds his head against his chest and just gives him that comfort that a father can give his son and mm. uh meanwhile jake's wife is looking at this and i think the moment you're talking about is when Captain Sisko and his and Jake's wife kind of just share a silent moment in each other's eyes, and yeah. Sisko sort of just nods at her and sort of waves her away and be like, "Don't worry, he'll be okay. I'll, I'll look after yeah. him." And it's yeah, yeah. it's as if no, no, there's been no while Jake has experienced so much trauma, especially in the moment where he watched Sisko die. Sisko doesn't seem to have taken any trauma of this with him at all. Like he is always. Jake's dad and that's just his default mode yeah yeah he's not shocked that his son is aged or that he's married he I think the only thing he says is like I've missed so much like catch me up basically like tell me what's going on what's happening in your life yeah and And... that's when I suppose his wife presents him with the two books the two successful books that Jake has written he's like oh you finished them I'm so proud of you that's probably the moment where Jake's Jake breaks down a bit yeah, and there's that great bit where he, where I think Cisco says, "Just because I'm not around very much doesn't mean I don't want grandkids." 
<laughs> yeah, yeah. Which is just, just great. Just it like, great. yeah, yeah. And that's Cisco's whole whole bit throughout this episode is live your life. Yeah. Right. Like, like don't don't hang this up on. Don't get hung up on me. Go and live your life to its fullest, and I will be. I think he says, I need you to do this, right? I need to, I need to know that you are going to live your life. Yeah. And yeah, it's a really, a really beautiful and tragic moment because when Cisco disappears again, this isn't a teenage boy who doesn't understand what's going on. This is a grown man who has the capacity to do something. Yeah. Um, and he doesn't know what it is he can do, but he knows that he must do it. Despite his father saying, don't worry about me, live your own life. He can't put the past behind him. He can't let his father go. No. And that's when Jake's life kind of starts to go off of the rails mm. a little bit. Um, and uh, yeah, that's as of old Jake is telling the stories, he tells um, the visitor of how... At that point, he didn't. He stopped writing, and instead went. Doesn't he go back to the academy to study the phenomenon that uh, occurred at that day yeah. on the wormhole that caused the accident that killed his dad? And gets so uh, wrapped up and dedicated to that cause that his relationship with his wife deteriorates, and even that doesn't really um, quash his his endeavor. He just has to, he has to do this uh, have, after having two reminders of yeah the fact that he's given up i think that's for him that was that was two uh, two times too many and he had to make sure that if this ever happened again he was ready yeah yeah absolutely and he yeah, he goes away to learn everything he can without realizing that in trying to get his father back he's pushed his wife away yeah and all of that living life um, like trying to be happy, keeping his head up every once in a while to look around, he's he's lost all the lessons that his father was trying to teach him in an obsession to to get his father back. Yeah, and I guess he's he's yeah. justifying it to himself by saying because I'm doing this to get my like for him. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but he, he kind it, of it's yeah, the, gets, the most important thing. It is the most yeah. important thing, even though he doesn't realize that he's doing exactly what his father would not want him to do yeah yeah which i'm sure we can re all relate to <laughs> yeah yeah oh yeah absolutely so we we jump forward again maybe i think another 10 years to where jake is like he's a giant science nerd now he's gone to the academy he's like the galaxy's foremost expert on this one weird wormhole fluctuation yeah and he gets the old band back together it's like 50 years after the events of you know the, the present day in air quotes yeah um yeah we get like gray-haired members of the original do you remember who's there <laughs> yeah because i guess that? i guess dr bashir must have been on the original mission because it's him and uh jadzia uh in like yeah. old old people makeup <laughs> yeah that weird old and yeah. dr bashir the actor is trying to do old man acting yeah he's trying to, yeah and, oh my God, yeah and it's, cool. it's kind of comical like it doesn't it's like oh and i'm an old man yeah and it's it like shut up speaking, dr. Bashir. Uh, speaking of comical acting this was um i've been like gradually re-watching ds9 but i haven't quite finished season one yet so it's just a bit of a jump forward but when i yeah. this episode first begins 
uh, or maybe it's during this weird phenomena thing, the um, classic quintessential Star Trek shaky ship acting. Where yeah, yeah, they're yeah. Like, Ooh, my legs are jelly. Yeah, all the le- jelly leg acting. In, and yeah. um, the, uh, I think Terry Farrell, who plays Jadzia, is trying to do like uh, all the science speak while whilst doing the shaky ship acting. Yeah. It's some of the worst I've ever seen. And I don't know if it's because I hadn't seen any for a while, but I, yeah, it really kind of made me chuckle. And I thought, I'm not going into this episode with the right mindset now, because what I'm doing is <laughs> laughing at these actors trying really hard to make it look believable that the set is shaking yeah. whilst delivering very challenging. Um, what's the phrase uh, for like, um, <laughs> it's a sort of dialogue that's full of jargon Jargon. thank you man i couldn't find the word jargon uh yeah very jargon filled uh dialogue and like looking down at their consoles and shit whilst also shake oh it did make me laugh but um that's a bit it's a it's a tough it's a tough acting gig i bet it's it's super hard for sure yeah yeah but they they get back they get back on the defiant again and this time captain nog is flying the defiant (laughs) And yeah. Captain Nog's like, I've got everyone together again. We've got Dax, we've got the Doctor. Where the Klingons have allowed us to go up to to do this experiment, because this is like forty or fifty years after the initial wormhole uh, spectacular. Yeah, which like at the beginning, Cisco said this only happens once every fifty years, say. So we assume this is the yeah. next instance of it happening. Yeah. But now Jake is ready. He's done yeah, all his, he's, his, his he's done all his, yeah, yeah. He's got the crew. He's got the knowledge. He's got the weird wormhole subspace inversion, and he's like, "I'm getting my fucking dad back." Yeah, yeah. I can't remember so how he does. Well, yeah. He we we rock up, and Dax is like, "I've got some more science jargon," and she's <laughs> jargoning away. <laughs> but the, I think the the idea is that now that they're back, and we have the same the the we can replicate the exact situation that happened last time. Yeah. They can invert it. So they can integrate him in the opposite manner to the way that he was disintegrated. And just um, in, if they're in the same location, they can um, r- retrieve him from subspace. And when they try, Cisco starts to appear and it's, it's clear that it's working. But when Jake reaches to try and bring his father back into the real world... They're both torn into the white, empty nothingness of yeah. subspace. Like the white eternity of subspace. They're both kind of torn there together. Yeah, So, and this is a point where they're kind of now the same age. And we, yeah. get, to see, we get to see the first time kind of where Cisco has been or not been. As yeah. Whatever you want to call it. And yeah, I think that's where... The first time I think Cisco goes, how long has it been? Because mm. he's now he's just every time he comes back, he's the first want us to know. Well, how long has it been since the last time we did this? Because yeah, how else yeah. would he know? Yeah, but this time when they have the meeting, Jake is proud. He's full of pride. Like, oh, I'm here. Dax is here. We're all here to get you out. Yeah. And he expects Cisco to react with like, oh, thank you, son. Thank you for doing all of this to me. But in, instead, Cisco is like, what are you doing? He's like, what about the grandkids? And he's like, oh, my wife left me, but it's fine. I'm, I'm here for you. And Cisco's like, no. <laughs> Were you not listening yeah. to me the entire time? 
And yeah, it's kind of a heart-wrenching moment as in order to retrieve Jake from subspace, Dax and, and the others have to leave Cisco there in the nothingness again. And this time it's for good, I think, Jake Jake feels, because he's not going to be alive again in 40 years when the, uh, the, the wormhole... Yeah. yeah, the next time there's one of these fluctuations, he's not going to be there. And who's going to be there to try and retrieve his dad if it happens again? Yeah. Yeah. It's it's a hard. Are you watching it while we're discussing it? I kind of am. I've got it. <laughs> I've got it on silent with the subtitles, and I just fast forwarded to this to this this scene. Oh. I'm sorry, but I told you that my memory was patchy, and I couldn't remember. Mm-hmm. So I've had it on while we've been doing this, trying to keep it up in time, so that I can pretend like I remember the episode mm-hmm. when actually I'm just telling you what I'm watching. Is your heart breaking? Right that... about... no, that's why this ep... why this recording has been as long as an episode of Star Trek. <laughs> Yeah, I'm now looking at uh, the subtitles say brackets whooshing, uh, brackets Jake sobbing, because <laughs> Jake is back on the the ship with old Jadzia and old uh, Doctor oh. Bashir, and he's he's failed. Uh, he's crying, yeah. and Jadzia gets up and gives him a big hug, because I think yeah. back back when he was a little boy, well, a little boy when he was a young man, and this first happened on DS9, she was his rock. She comforted yeah. him more than anyone, mm. and was kind of a far, uh, a parental figure to him and she and she's still doing it now which is which is yeah. kind of nice and then it we jump yeah. back to old jake and and his lady visitor in the uh yeah well I, I guess yeah i guess this is kind of back to where we started now i think this is kind of the climax of the show um we, we jump back to the visitor and i think jake begins to explain um although i failed at my chance to to get my father back I was able to calculate when he would next return to me, yeah. not just for these fluctuations, but when he would appear like with Jake in New Orleans there, when their tie together would, um, would, would come next. And as soon as he calculated that he did what his father said and he moved on with his life. He didn't remarry, but he continued to write his books and he's just been waiting for this day when his father's going to come back to him again yeah. as this, you know, 80 or 90 year old man that, that he is now. Yeah, speaking of people doing old man acting, the, the actor who plays like, uh, I guess he's between like 40 and 60, looking yeah. fairly fairly like the actor does. And now he's, as we saw him at the beginning, and as we see him now, he's in all the old man makeup. He's got the sort of spindly Morgan mm. Freeman silver hair. And he's doing all the yeah. hunched over, all me back, sitting down, getting yeah. up stuff. Um, yeah, and he shows... His, I guess this visitor person is, is a fan, so he's like, look mm. over on the desk, and he has continued writing. He hasn't sent it to anyone, but because he didn't, that was never the plan. It was just a new collection of stories to, like you said, do, live his life the way his dad really wanted him to. Mm. Yeah. And then we begin to realise it first comes into play what... Um, what that he's figured out. Chekhov's gun, that Chekhov's gun needle was for, yeah. yeah. We He begins to explain to, to the visitor, I think, that his calculations show that his father in subspace is like an elastic band. And the reason that um, Cisco continues to appear at these different times is because the band is stretched and stretched and then it kind of Pings comes back. back together. Yeah, and those moments where he pings back is when he's there for just just those seconds. But if Jake dies, 
as an old man just naturally when his father is there. Right time. Oh, sorry. Yeah. No. Yeah. 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 When his father isn't isn't in front of him, like lit manifested, then he'll just be lost in subspace forever because there's no Jake. There's no point in time for him to to reappear to. Yeah. Um, and so we begin to realise, well, if he's doing that, and he said earlier on in the show, if you would come here on any other day at any other moment, yeah. I would not. I would have thrown you out. But today of all days you have appeared, it must be some kind of, of destiny. We realise that the needle, Jake has, has poisoned himself in the knowledge that he's calculated his father is going to appear uh, in, a, in a matter of moments. And yeah. Jake sits sits down on his bed or on uh, in his chair and falls asleep as an old man does and wakes up to his father who is you know now 40 years younger than him easily yeah. um sitting there like wake up wake up <laughs> yeah, wake up Jake. Of, what, what, a, what are you doing there's a nice moment where cisco when he we don't see cisco reappear we just um, Jake sort of he's, he's, he says goodbye he sends his visitor away with this manuscript of news stories yeah and um, I've just seen on the subtitles that a nice, there's a nice moment before she leaves where he says do me a favour while you're reading those lift poke your head out every once in a while and have a look around and make sure yeah. life doesn't yeah. pass you by um, so he sends oh, her away God. yeah full comes full circle and then yeah. yeah so he has a little sit down like you say and falls asleep and when he yeah I think we just kind of a nice soft cut to mm. Cisco is there. He hasn't seen him arrive, but he's just there watching Jake sleep mm. in like a real, just like peaceful way. Just kind yeah. of enjoying, enjoying the moment. Hopefully not for too long because his time is limited. And I did think that that was a, yeah. that's Stop a little bit wasting time. Captain Cisco. Yeah. What if the Jake woke up like dad and then he was just gone. It's like, Oh, you mother. How long were you there? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's very true. That's very true. But we get a really nice conversation towards the end of the episode as uh, Cisco realises that his son did spend his time doing what he loved. He did live the life that he wanted to have lived, but he compromised and made changes along the way. And then once Jake explains the situation and Cisco begins to realise oh my god, you've, you've killed yourself Yeah. for me. Like, he can't stand it. Cisco can't believe that his son would have done, you know, would have gone so far as to take his own life um, in, in order to save him. It's a... What other show ever has an emotional moment like that? Where a parent has to realise... That their child has, you know, take is taking their own life in order to, yeah, you know, but it's not handled in a way where it's like, oh my god, suicide is a horrific, disgusting, you know, it's like it's not heralded as this mental health thing or a, like it's tragic, but it's accepted as this is my choice. I'm a, I'm an old man. I'm at the end of my life. And I've realised if I do this, then you will, like the rubber band, you will ping back to that first moment because our connection is severed. And you will be pinged back to that first moment all those years ago and we'll get a second chance to, to do this all over again. Yeah. As long um, as you remember 
what's about to happen. Yeah, remember to dodge yeah, or whatever. Remember to get out yeah. the fucking way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah there's yeah. He kind of I guess he he euthanizes himself to save both of them really because if, yeah. if this works, time the timeline is reset and we're Jake's life goes back to when he was eighteen on the defiant with his dad about to see the the anomaly from the wormhole right out the window and he still gets to live his whole life with his dad this time. Yeah, and his dad won't end up trapped in purgatory for eternity yeah for eternity yeah yeah and that's one of the things that's so nice about that moment as well is he's like it's not just a second chance for cisco it's a second chance for both of them and um they both have this chance to live their lives together that they were kind of robbed of yeah before with 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 the anomaly so but jake Jake pass jake won't know that's the thing like yeah yeah when when Cisco pings back to to young Jake, he has the memory of all of all of this. Mm. He has the memory of watching his son grow older and misspend his life before eventually mm. seeing not the error of his ways, but before settling into who he really is and then uh-huh. accomplishing something good before he dies. Now it's weird now that Cisco has to go back to the quote unquote present day and then raise Jake again. Yeah. Well, not again, because he hasn't done it. Because you know he jumped forward, but yeah, he knows where Jake could be and where he, yeah. who he could who he could become. And that's kind of a strange, a strange thought to sort of wrap your head around. If if if, if like we as fathers or our fathers could see where we were going to end up, mm. would that change how they how they raised us? Yeah. So I think I can't remember. You have to remind me. But at the end, uh, we'll we'll so. So the it works. Old man Jake yeah. dies in his chair after Cisco realizes what he's done. Yeah, and dies in his father's arms. In his father's arms, yeah. really sweet. And the the old man uh, Jake actor is really good at crying on Cuba. Yeah, like uh, yeah. In like the the first time Cisco reappears in Jake's house after he's left Deep Space Nine and he's a he's an adult. He does a really good cry, and then I'm just watching it now. He's doing another really good cry, <laughs> and it's yeah. very touching. And uh, he's saying, Cisco's saying, Jake, you could, we could, you could still have so many years left. And he's like, mm. well, you know, if I don't do this, you'll die, like you'll be dead, and that's it. So um, yeah, Jake passes peacefully in his father's arms, and then Cisco gets pinged back to where we were at the beginning of the episode, and Cisco realizes where he is, and doesn't he? I think he just dives. Uh, he dives over Jake to protect him from what's about yes. to happen, and in the same yeah. time, he he dodges the the thing, the MacGuffin, yeah. the <laughs> that's uh, the subspace warp core fluctuation that sent him into the, yeah, yeah, the science, into subspace to begin the science with. Bollocks, yeah. yeah, but yeah, yeah. Oh, and then brackets quiet sob. <laughs> oh, quiet sob. That's heart. That's some. That's some heartbreaking shit. Yeah, that's some heartbreaking shit. There we go. Yeah, he but dives you, out the you, way of the of the force lightning. And, yeah. Uh, okay. And now, Jake. now tell me what tell me what Jake says to him and what he replies. Um. Uh, Jake doesn't. He just kind of goes, "What happened?" And Cisco goes, "I guess we were lucky this time." And then he looks wistfully into the half distance. Um, Jake says, "You okay?" And then Cisco takes his time and says, "I am now, Jake." And they have a hug, and it gives him a, a much bigger hug than Jake might find appropriate for that moment. <laughs> He's like, okay, that was a close call, but you're hugging me like 
know. You're hugging me like you just saw me die or something. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> As an old man. But, yeah, it's a nice tender moment and, and everything's okay and they fly back to DS9. Yeah. And then end credits, Rick Berman, all the producers and everything yeah, comes Yeah, Rick Berman. Up. Associate producer, Terry Potts, co-star, Major... I won't go through the whole... All the computer Yeah, and then, and... <laughs> yeah, yeah, quick, read the credits. No, it's a, a great end, and you're right. It's that, that moment where Jake's like, like, are you okay? What What's happened? And Cisco, how could Cisco ever explain no. the experience to Jake? Like, the, the love that he knows his son feels for him, as well, like, the knowledge that that I like we all want to know as human beings how much we like other people truly love us and care for us and that knowledge that Cisco must have now of you know that that they're the strength of their relationship as father and son is so strong that yeah. Jake was willing to you know to end his own life in order to bring his father back like yeah but especially considering their their personal story up until now with with jake's mum being killed and so they or yeah. they would already have quite a close relationship as a single dad and there's only son. Yeah. um but I, I you do think about um you know teenagers and how <laughs> how difficult they are to relate to uh, or you can imagine uh, the difficult they are to relate to as a parent and you know, Jake just wants to do his writing at the beginning of this episode. Yeah. That's all he wants to do. And is, even though his Cisco is glad that he's doing something creative and he's pursuing his dream, it like, doesn't want him to get too penned down in it. And he just wants to live to live. So he might feel like he's annoying Jake at some point, and maybe he feels like Jake is not listening to him and he's being stubborn. And Jake feels maybe that his dad is being overbearing and he just needs to leave him alone. Um, so I'm trying to think about my teenage years and how uh how emotionally engaged i was with my with my dad and whether it was clear enough to him how much i like valued his love and support yeah and stuff, or whether yeah. i was a grumpy little asshole that was ungrateful and you know didn't appreciate what i was being given in that yeah. way yeah i have uh, similar thoughts to that as well as of of being a teenager being that age and clearly like pushing boundaries that didn't need to be pushed just for the sake of like being a dick yeah really and that's one thing about jake that we do we don't really see he doesn't have that kind of being a dick maybe that's more of the ferengi thing in this show but i think one of the things that's so great about their relationship as well is that avery brooks as captain cisco is only the second African-American, well, I think, African-American man or woman to have been the top-billed cast member on a TV show at this point. So, like, Deep Space Nine is Avery Brooks' show, the same way The Next Generation is, you know, Patrick Stewart's show. Um, but before Avery Brooks and Deep Space Nine, the, um, the only African-American leading person before him was bill cosby with the cosby show oh wow which yeah which up until you know a couple of years ago was uh <laughs> you know the cosby show was was like the thing right it was like yeah. a, a a national you know a national landmark in america and now we don't talk about it at all which means that avery brooks on deep space nine was the first african-american <laughs> but but also the the portrayal there 
of two African-American men, a father and son, and the strength of their relationship. Like, considering that this is the only the second African-American leading character that we have on, on television, the strength of his f family relationships is, like, is incredibly strong. And it's a portrayal of black men that is strong but vulnerable, that is loving, that is caring. It's full of sacrifice and emotion. And it's, it's, it's a beautiful relationship that, that they have. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's something to be a little bit envious of, really. Yeah, it is. But yeah, then you kind yeah. of wonder if the price of that is, you know, your mum's got to be murdered by... Uh, by the Borg. By the Borg, <laughs> yeah. So, you know, I don't think I would... Yeah. If I had the choice of a closer relationship with my dad, but the price is my mum being murdered by an alien race... <laughs> but I would your mum, as a Trekkie, be like, oh, look, it's the Borg. Bang! <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Hopefully. So did... did So Mrs. Sisko didn't get assimilated. She got murdered. Yeah, I think the ship was blown up and she okay. was like caught under some rubble. Yeah, she was. She, she didn't oh, wasn't assimilated. People are always right. getting caught under rubble, aren't they? Jeez. It, that does happen a lot in Star Trek. It happens yeah. a lot to Spider-Man too, but, you know, he, <laughs> he, he can get himself out of it. But he also, <sighs> it's a bit like this theme of these episodes that we talk about if you're tom holland trap on trapped under uh, rubble in spider-man homecoming you will make me cry as well so you know there's a, yeah, there's a ten tenuous link yeah this is true so the other thing i made you watch just before we recorded this episode is the final episode of deep space nine yeah the finale the very end and the reason I wanted to bring that up is because of what happens to Captain Sisko at the very end of all of Deep Space Nine. Yeah. So, yeah, you, you've just seen it. What happens to Captain Sisko? And what is it. the final shot of Deep Space Nine? Um, okay, yeah, I do remember this. It was less than two hours ago. <laughs> um, I don't know how much, how far to go back, but there's a big war between the Federation, who have the Klingons and the Romulans on their side, and the Dominion. Yeah. For like an evil conglomerate of of aliens who have got some some weird looking dudes on their side um and the cardassians are involved but then they kind of switch sides and it's a oh yeah. it was very it was very dramatic um but when you this is you think the war is over like the battles have been won but in the in the background some guys that you're gonna have to explain who they are um i remember uh, gol gadat Who's like Gal, not, not Gal Gadot? Gal Ducat, not Gal Gadot. Yeah, the, the dude who not played the, Wonder Woman. Not the. Yes, yeah, yeah. Gal Ducat. Gal Ducat, yeah. right? So he was like a Cardassian. Uh, he was in charge. He was in charge of the occupation of Bajor, right? As the Cardassian. Yes. Uh, the Cardassians. Yeah. This is my girlfriend's fault because I was watching this with her, and every time <laughs> they went for Cardassia, she went for the Cardassians, and now it's stuck in my head. Um, this is terrible. You've got Gold Gadot, leader the of the Cardassians. <laughs> <laughs> the Cardassians. Oh my god. This is very confusing. I never had a lot of nerd points to begin with, but I'm losing them by the second. Um, I think okay. I'd rather have the Cardassian occupation of Bajor than the Cardassian occupation oh, yeah. of Bajor if I had to choose. 100%. I'd rather, yeah. yeah, an army of millions of Cardassians over like the 10 Cardassians <laughs> or however many there are. Um, oh, the drama. Yeah. Okay, so that's I'll try and do the footnotes. So the war is over, the good guys yeah. win, but in the background, some bad guys have been trying to kind of summon um, these malevolent spirits called the Pa Race, yeah. who are kind yeah. of the 
antithesis of the prophets who are mm-hmm. um who have you know they are the bajoran kind of gods at whom yeah jake cisco not jake cisco sorry benjamin cisco is the is like an emissary for he kind of goes mm-hmm. between the bajorans and and these prophets so there is, yeah so it's like some... it's like the 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 prophets are god cisco is kind of Jeez. space jesus he's a bit like and jesus, yeah. yeah and the par wraiths are the devil and gold yeah. Ducat is there to let the devil out yeah, um, he wants to release swarm bage or kill everyone. Yeah. Do devil shit. And he's got um, a lady on his side who looks like this is a hark back to one of our previous episodes. She looked to me a bit like the Croatian prime minister from the World Cup final in Russia. <laughs> and I can't remember yes. her name, but she's dressed in white and she's a Bajoran, but she's not cool. She wants to summon the Parais too. And yeah, um, oh yeah, she sucks. We hate her. We don't like her. And no. uh, yeah, um, so her and Gal Gadot. Uh, um, summon. <laughs> they go to the fire caves of Bajor to summon the Par yeah. race who are these evil spirits, and uh, she tries to like backstab Golgadut by sacrificing him for the Par race. But then it turns out the Par race choose him as their emissary mm. in the same way that the prophets chose chose Cisco. Um, and while Cisco and the gang are all having their big goodbye on DS9 because Miles O'Brien is leaving to go to Earth, and yeah. fucking Worf gets a new job. Um, with yeah. as like the emissary to the Klingons between the Klingons and 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 the Federation, and yeah. you know it's a big like nice little to do in the hollow suite in like a 1960s style Vegas uh, saloon kind yeah. of thing, and it's really yeah they really drag it out and like a, a crooner sings them all a goodbye song and the whole main cast are there Quark and all of the the crew, so you I, I've kind of forgot that this other shit was happening. I was like oh this is a nice little goodbye because. They're all getting yeah, along. Yeah, this is the end of the series. The you know, we're saying goodbye to everyone. Yeah, yeah and they're and they're like they're like, hey, Miles, where do you think you're gonna you're gonna live on Earth? And they're like, I don't know, maybe Rio, Paris, and obviously Cisco's like, New Orleans is the place to be. And then Wolf keeps going, Minsk. I, <laughs> have you have you considered Minsk? And he just keeps chiming in. But anyway, um, the shit with the par race in the fire caves is going. It's getting serious. Um, Golg Ducat, yes. Um, kind of, he kind of arises as the embodiment of the spirits and mm. the prophets come to Cisco in the hollow suite and they, they tell him that he needs to go to the fire caves to stop this. So he rocks up with a big gun and yeah. Um, he's like, I'm the emissary, bitch. Yeah, but then, but then Gold Ducat is like, I'm the emissary, bitch. And he fucking like, oh. he like force pushes his Cisco's big gun, big gun out of his hands and like makes him kneel in front of him. Um, yeah. and then the president of Croatia is, is, is like, Oh, but you betrayed me. And now I'm going to try and betray you, even though I've been a dick this entire time. And, um, but then Golda Cat goes, no, you fucking not. And he kills her with his like fire force powers. Um, and then Cisco takes this opportunity and he charges at Golda Cat and they, but, and fucking spear tackles him like Bill Goldberg. Yeah into <laughs> into the fire caves and they both into fought, the flames into the flames uh, that is like a, these um ethereal kind of infernal flames like hell and it's a bit of a you shall not pass gandalf and the balrog kind of thing yeah. they're falling into the flames and then boom cut to white and yeah. cisco is just sort of stood there in this kind of clean purgatory kind of feeling kind of place which is just like where what he looked like where he was when he was in between subspace back in in the visitor yeah and back the, in the visitor yeah, yeah. and the, you know the prophets the 
is can I just ask the prophet that speaks to him he calls her mother is it because they've come to him in the form of his mum or is that just a name that he calls the prophets okay is that maybe so. that maybe that <laughs> <laughs> it, 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 it doesn't necessarily matter but it turns out that back in the back in the past the the prophets exist outside of time right yeah they're then they're not locked into time but they knew that in order to stop gold to cap they were going to need cisco to come there and to be there right yeah so to make sure that cisco would be born one of the prophets t- uh, took the body of his mother made his mother marry and fall in love with his father have the kid and then once cisco was born the the prophet spirit was like well there's the kid job done i'm out of here and then his mother was like who the hell is this guy that I'm married to? Who is this baby? What the hell is going on? Wow, that's because she up. wasn't she wasn't her the whole time. A prophet took over her body. Yeah, and so yeah, so he again he really is space Jesus. Like I was about the, to say, this is so such a Jesus parable. Yes, yeah. So he we get back into the into the celestial temple inside the wormhole outside of time and space, and the prophets say to him. You're going to have to stay here outside of time and space. Basically. Yeah, your, your, <laughs> it's like, yeah, you, your job is fulfilled. The prophecy is complete. You've done what we, you've done what yeah. we chose you for. Yeah. Now, but you're you, kind of a corpse. Yeah. It, it's weird. It's a weird situation. Like, yeah. he's kind of caught outside life and death, outside time and space. But he's kind of trapped inside the, the celestial temple. Which means that much like the visitor... He's gone from the world and he speaks to his new wife because he get, gets married just before the end of the season. And the, the prophets tell him, don't get married. Right? They say to him, if you get married, it's only going to bring misery and sorrow upon you. And the reason is, and he's, he does it anyway. He's like, fuck you, I'm going to get married because I love her. Um, and he gets married, but then two weeks after they get married, he's sucked inside the wormhole. And she's like, when are you going to be out? baby and he's like it could be tomorrow it could be next year it could be 10 years he's like i live outside time and space you know yeah yeah and yet he's gonna spend his non-time he said learning and mm-hmm. learning from the prophets and and whatnot but i guess it is kind of an an open-ended thing because yeah, yeah. Do you remember what the very final shot of this the series the, is the very final shot is um well, leading up to the final shot is Kira Narice, who's now a colonel. So I've jumped forward yeah. from like season one yeah. to season four to the last season. She's now the colonel and she's now in charge of Deep Space Nine. Um, and Nog has been promoted from ensign to lieutenant. Good for him. Yeah. Um, uh, so she's sort of, sort of just chilling out and she's got Benjamin Sisko's baseball that he always used to play with and she's just sort of thinking fondly. And then Jake is up on the promenade, top level of the promenade, looking out of the window into space and Kira appears next to him, puts a hand on his shoulder and they sort of smile at each other and he puts a hand on her hand and then it's long pan out through the window into space. There's Deep Space Nine in all of its glory. Credits. 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 So the ve- the very end of the show is Jake's father is dead and trapped inside of subspace. Which, coincidentally, is the entire story of The Visitor. And by the end of The oh, Visitor, yeah. by the end of The Visitor, Jake sacrifices his life to stop his father from living an eternal 
ex life outside of existence. And yet, even though he does that, the show finishes on this bittersweet moment of, yeah, we won the war. Um, all our characters are, you know, are, are doing their thing. Life continues on Deep Space Nine. But Cisco once again, is trapped outside of time and space. I don't know anyone who has been trapped outside of time and space as much as Benjamin Cisco. <laughs> not personally, no. No, but, no. But, you know, I'm not really on Facebook anymore, so I've, I've probably missed a bunch of stuff. <laughs> that's good. That's good. <laughs> but I think that's a really, a really interesting ending, considering how, um, um, considering the strength and the emotional resonance that the visitor has how much of Jake's life, the real Jake from the final episode, how much of his life do you see taking on the form of the visitor now that his father is once again trapped outside of time and space? Wow. Okay. Well, I suppose... Because do, do, is his life going to repeat the same thing that it did before? Where he's, yeah. he doesn't want to leave the wormhole because it's where his father is and he's going to keep trying to get him out? Or... What's the, the difference between the two Jake situation? Well, the obvious difference being like the in the visitor, it's just a fluke accident, and mm. there's no really no real control in that anywhere. And Cisco reappears almost at random, and uh, with no real knowledge about what the fuck is going on. Whereas in this instance, he know he's fully aware of his situation. Um, he doesn't know exactly when he'll be able to come back, if he can ever come back, but. I suppose I'm imagining that after the final episode of D Space Nine, if Cisco ever did come back, it wouldn't be like, oh, hi, Jake, I died two minutes ago. Um, oh, shit, we run out of time. Bye, and he's gone. Yeah. It, it'd be a lot more controlled, and he would either be back for good or he'd be back for as long as he wanted because he's now one with the profits as opposed to being just lost. He, mm. And maybe, I don't know, maybe we're finding too much we're connecting to too much of a fine thread between what we saw in the visitor in terms of where he was which was a white empty space and where mm -hmm. he was when he died at the end of season seven being a white empty space when it could just be down to budgetary things like we can't think of another <laughs> we can't think of another this is also true. we can't think of another place to put him and with is this, is the celestial temple always just a big white space uh-huh because that yeah that could... oh so it, it, yeah it kind of it kind of changes depending on who's in there I think okay because they could have yeah. easily just like this was a brilliant opportunity for a good payoff where it's like he's fulfilled mm. the prophecies fulfilled destiny he's saved I don't know the galaxy <laughs> um, yeah, by yeah. by sacrificing himself to kill Gal Gadot, Gal Gadot and I can't say it Gal Ducat <laughs> do you know what it is it's because yesterday. She was just cast as Cleopatra, and people are like, "I don't want an Israeli woman playing my Egyptian, Egyptian queen from 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 two thousand years ago." <laughs> and people and people are like, "Actually, Ara the Arabic part of North Africa is relatively recent, whereas Cleopatra was descended from Greek." monarchy so maybe she would have looked more european than she would but it, that's a whole other thing that's not what we're talking about dave why did you even bring it up gull gull like seagull do like doo doo and cat like a cat gull do cat gull do cat wow meow yeah there you go nailed it yeah that's gonna stuck it's like a mnemonic that's in my memory <laughs> gull do cat why was i mentioning him 
Oh yeah, because uh, Cisco sacrifices himself to kill Golgatat. Yeah. Oh, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> to kill the bad guy. Sacrifice himself yeah, to, to ki- kill Wonder Woman. To kill the bad guy and can and re reseal the Pares back in the fire caves. Mm-hmm. Um, shit. Nah, I completely lost what I was going to say. What was your question? No, so the point, your point was, was that this was Cisco's choice. Yeah, it was his and choice. The, yeah, and yeah. as far as the prophets are concerned, this was destiny. This was predestined. Yeah. They did everything they yeah. had to do to make, to start him on this path by making him born the way, when and where he should have been. And now he's done with everything, what he was always supposed to do. And it's not even like he had to ch- figure out what his destiny was. He's there dancing yeah. with his wife in 1960s Las Vegas. And he has a yeah. weird, like... Um, Cordelia from Angel kind of migraine and yeah. then he's like I have to go to the fire caves because the prophets have told me to and that's where my destiny is going to be he didn't mm-hmm. even have to you know figure it out for himself they just sort of go put it in a satin nav and off he goes so it's all very predestined as opposed to how it was in The Visitor where it was oh supposedly a freak accident yeah. this is all part that was all part of Thingy's dest- uh, Jake, uh, Benjamin's destiny who knows yeah, I think that's one thing I'd really like to see now that they've brought back Star Trek Picard. <laughs> um, what I would really love to see is an Avery Brooks-led, n- not even ten episodes, but like a two or three episodes now um, Star Trek Cisco, basically, yeah. but about that the father and son relationship when Cisco comes out of the temple. Okay. And and this moment, like in the same way that it's like, oh, Picard's now an old man, and the the galaxy has changed, and and so on and so forth. What happens now when Cisco does come out of the temple, and he's come out, uh, and he's learned a lot. He has a lot to say. But the galaxy has moved on and Bajor has moved on because he comes out and he's like, hey, everyone, I'm the emissary. Uh, But it's a whole other generation of Bajorans. And there are some that are going to be like, oh, my God, the emissary. That's his return. Second coming. Second coming. More Jesus. Second coming. Star Star Trek second coming. There you go. go. You've got your colon right there. I've I've done it. Oh, there. Well, I was wondering where that had gone. (laughs) (laughs) That was a butt joke, I think. We're way overdue. I mean, we should have had a bunch yeah, of Yeah, this is now. true. But that is one thing I would really love to see, is just a recapturing of the magic of the visitor, but that continuation, like, bring that episode, that which is one of the top two episodes of the entire series, I think. The other, the other best episode of the whole series is one where Cisco... Uh, he's having a vision from the prophets that's taking him back to 1950s America. And it's a racism episode. And that's great. Wow. That's a brilliant episode. I think in, in the final episode, there's a bit where he's like in a mental institution or something. Yeah, they do like a, a flashback montage of all like the cast's best bits. Um, yeah. Which lasts yeah. for ages. But is is there a bit where Cisco's in like a mental, a mental I don't, institution? I don't really remember. I can't. I can't recall. Okay, maybe it's maybe it's not that one, but um, yeah, that's kind of like a, a continuation from this flashback with the prophets that he had, um, he had earlier on. Uh, those those two episodes are are absolutely phenomenal, but that's kind of what I would love to see in 
uh, to recreate is if they could recreate the magic of the visitor with that father and son relationship as it is now, where we know how close they are, but Jake is the one that has been abandoned this time. Yeah. And rather than trying to get his father back, he's been waiting for him to come back. And he just never has. So when he does come back, it's a case of there is something to you that was more important than me. But when it was the other way around, I killed myself so that you could come back. Yeah. And you have this father-son relationship where the son did everything he could to bring his father back. But when his father goes into the Celestial Temple, he's like, ah, I've got shit to do. Yeah, I want to read some you know, some eternal books or something. Yeah, yeah, I've, I've, got, I've got to learn. But then, but then the, our Jake, season seven Jake, has no idea, unless Benjamin told him, he has no idea about the visitor. The, that well, timeline. this is true, this is true. I think you, you could uh, you could do a storyline where, because he's always keeping a captain's log, yeah. where he's got like, where he's got a log, and they say... It's been 30 years now since the the assumed death of Benjamin Sisko. And so his files have been released and declassified and, and whatever, you know, like his military logs have been have been made available to next of kin, stuff like that. And then Jake's reading through like, hang on a minute. What was this adventure yeah. where I was an old man and I killed myself? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't remember this. Yeah. Do, yeah. do you want to this? Do you want to write this? I mean, this sounds good. <laughs> <laughs> okay, give me give me five minutes. Yeah, I, I'm gonna get on it. But I would love to see, like, just one episode of that, or you know, like a very very short miniseries. I don't want like a continuing Picard discovery bullshit. I don't want Alex Kurtman involved. I don't want any of any no. of that. Just give me the sets from the 1990s. Get me. It just needs those two actors. It's a stage play. I want oh, the stage play. On stage. Because that's, that's Avery Brooks to a T. That's what yeah. where he came from. That's and there was moments in Deep Space yeah. Nine when you go. There, there's a, a palpable difference between acting on the stage and acting for TV, and he blurs that line, or at least yes. he wobbles and strays over that line all the time, and it's quite yeah. enjoyable to watch, and I, I, yeah, I do really like it. But I don't know if you saw that uh, documentary William Shatner did, The Captains. I haven't seen it. No, Avery Brook. I don't know when he made that. Maybe that. That's maybe less than ten years ago. He made that documentary. But he goes and visits all the Star Trek captains and chats to them. Avery Brook Brooks is bananas. Like he is. The, <laughs> he is an eccentric, very lovely but very strange yeah. man. That you kind of, if he can still act, then he's one of the best actors of and of his generation because it from him to remove all of the Avery Brooks out of their performance would be real a real challenge having, having <laughs> seen what he's like. But yeah, I, I mean, I'd love to see that. And, you know, I've kind of, I don't know why I've, I always thought Deep Space Nine was my Star Trek. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I don't really know why, but like I said at the beginning, I would watch them all with my mum. And TNG like, kind of felt like the obvious choice. Like that was clearly, yeah. clearly the better one. And, had for the most part some of the better actors and yeah and maybe some of the better stories but i always did like deep space now maybe because i have a bit of a propensity to go for the outlier and the one that's different from everything else and it isn't a ship going as you know it's a strange new worlds to seek out new life new civilizations and boldly mm-hmm. go and all that it was set in one place and um something you inferred earlier was that 
and about how it's got a long arc from season yeah. one all the way to season seven. That's one long story. Yeah. Where you, you literally see children turn into adults, exactly, like we're saying yeah. with Jake. Like, The Visitor really is, like, the whole series is about Jake growing up and not growing up. And, yeah. yeah, The Visitor kind of encapsulates the whole seven seasons into one episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah right, it does. And that's something that I think is really uh, is a gift about the, the mm. setting of it being in one place, is that you can yeah. explore the growth of people and not just now they've they travelled to this planet, they've travelled to this planet, they're meeting these mm-hmm. people. It's much more about what goes on within the station than it is about where they end up, you know. So... Mm. Well, that seems like a natural place to bring this to a conclusion. Um, what an episode! Yeah, oh, yeah. Like, like I said, I, genuinely, I, I was kind of, I was surprised. Like, the, whoever, if this was like um, a staff writer who wrote this episode yeah. or came up with the idea, like he could have pitched this to any number of TV shows or even like yeah. made it into a movie, a standalone movie, completely outside of Star Trek, mm-hmm. it's a sci-fi film. Then, like, if this was made. If this century like you could give it to like ryan johnson or someone yeah. like that and just turn it into a, a sci-fi movie and it would have yeah. held up sure. yeah yeah this could easily have been the you know they did like the um like star trek first contact and like those next generation movies if they had done a deep space nine movie it could have been this episode it really. would have needed a lot more action because the Star Trek movies can't just be about character development and story. They need a, a few phaser fights and shit. No, we're not going to get into that now. <laughs> if we get into it, we'll, we'll never believe. And, you know, Star, well, Star Trek can't even be about that anymore. But it doesn't matter. I'm not, I'm not getting into it. Um, <laughs> well, something we need to yeah. do before we, before we stop is talk about the any comparisons that we can make between these stories. Yeah. and And our own feelings and relationships with our, our fathers that's something we mm-hmm. we kind of always is always part of the manifesto when we started this yeah um and i wonder um that i wonder in your case in in your your father situation with you have you have your dad and you also have your stepdad and yeah i wonder if your relationship with your your dad is um, there's anything you see in the relationship between Benjamin and Jake in that it's kind of a single dad son relationship. Your, I mean, in your case, not exactly, but yeah, certainly more so than my relationship is. So, did you do you watch any of Deep Space Nine and and think about you and your dad when you look at the series? Yeah, I think the the biggest connection with the visitor for me is because. I generally work and live abroad a lot. There's big gaps where I don't see friends and family, which is why our previous podcasts have been in in different places. But it also means there's, you know, one year or two years where I don't see my parents, um, where I won't see them. I remember the first time I, I first moved to China in 2014, and then I returned from living in Hong Kong in the summer of 2016 and i don't think i video called or skyped my family one time that like maybe there was like voice calls and things like that but the internet was never good enough and all of the websites are illegal in china so it's like oh let's keep in touch over facebook well you kind of can't um so when i did see my parents again for the first time after two years it was a noticeable I remember I, I my my mum and my stepdad picked me up from the airport and 
um, they didn't they didn't recognize me. <laughs> and I, I walked out and like they were waiting for me at the gate and I walked out of the gate, saw them. They didn't see me. I walked all the way around them and came from behind in like a pincer move. <laughs> and pincer. I got there for about, yeah, and I was like, hi. And they were like, and my stepdad turned around and went, fucking hell. <laughs> because they, they didn't even recognize me. And that happens a lot with, with going away and coming back and going away and coming back is that time period and those things that change in you and that change in your parents. Um, and that's probably the bit about the visitor I connect to the most is trying my my dad is a, a counselor right is like he's that's that's his job and like like counselor troy um <laughs> and so he always is constantly doing that captain cisco thing of what's going on with you tell me about you you know those those caring moments we see with cisco when when he does reappear yeah um and it's like it's like i am reappearing and uh, my dad's like, so what's going on? And so that is something that I definitely do, do see in our relationship. Um, but my dad's not quite as selfless as Captain Cisco is in those moments. That's a high my dad, bar to set, though. Yeah, yeah. My dad will be like, "What's going on with you?" And I'll I'll tell him everything, and then he'll be like, "Oh, and you'll never guess what." <laughs> <laughs> and we have a good bitch. I don't think Cisco has a good bitch, but me and my dad, yeah. No, I don't think there's any bitching that goes on in uh, in his quarters, if I'm honest. But yeah, that's yeah. fine. We can't we can't all set uh we can't set our our standards to the level of Cisco. Benjamin Cisco father fathering. No, because, this is true. Yeah, he's he's kind of written and I can't. I, you'll have to tell me if you've seen more of it than than I have. But um, I don't remember many instances where Cisco fucks up in terms of his parenting, where he do, he mm. treats Jake in a way that he shouldn't. Like everything I remember is that he, if he's being harsh, is because he has to because Jake needs to be put him back in line, and if. Other than that, he's very he's supportive and yeah. Have, we've talked before about a um, healthy um, version of masculinity, yeah. And how fathers pass can pass that down to their children, and I feel like Cisco is very does that very very well. He's yeah. yeah he is imposing and he's in charge and he has a lot of responsibility and he's got you know even he's got he's even got a big voice and he seems like a big character, but. As you mentioned before, there's sensitivity and vulnerability and love. Like, uh, no, there is nothing in him that is ashamed of love. Like, yeah. He's always grabbing, even when he's like out on the promenade and he's the commander of a space station, he will give Jake a big hug and kiss him on the head and be like, this is, you know, yeah. I love you, son. Yeah. And it doesn't matter where we are. This is, yeah. this is how um, I feel. Picard would never do that. <laughs> no. Never. Like, if Picard had a son, he would never let his... The visage of, you know, being the captain would never let that drop. But for, for Cisco, going back to what you were saying earlier on about how Cisco gives off that more relaxed kind of command attitude. Yeah. Um, He's very... It's very aware that this is, you know, a place that people live Um. On Deep Space Nine. And yes, he's the commander, but he's more like the mayor than he is like yeah, um, that's a good you know, a, a, a military official. Like he is, he does all the military stuff. But really he's there, you know, because he's gotta take care of people and 
it's not about fighting wars or staying alive. It's about caring for the community and making sure the community thrives. And people need to know that they can trust in him. And um, he kind of shows that he's compassionate with his son and he's compassionate with, with others as well. Yeah. And yeah, it's a good character, really good character. It is a good character. And I wonder if that's something that... Um... I was talking about why DS9 felt like my Star Trek, but I don't know why. Maybe maybe that's a part of it, because the focus mm. of the shows are always the captain, really, and his relationships with all the people around him. And I feel like I could probably relate to Cisco more than I can relate to, to anybody else. Like, Picard is intimidatingly intelligent, and I can, yeah. ne- I can never yeah. relate to that. And Janeway is, is feisty, and she's a, almost like a, a warrior in a, in a officer's uniform kind of in her mentality mm-hmm. and she's also kind of like got that kind of uh, maybe the phrase is not flattering but like a tiger mother kind of thing about her crew and mm-hmm. how she treats them which again is is great but i can't relate to that whereas a kind of um composed uh enforcement of the rules and stuff i can maybe relate to both in how i how i feel about leadership and also, I think I can probably see my my dad being closest to Cisco if I was to compare all of the captains. Even if you want to go into the the bacular days, um, I don't really. <laughs> yeah. Which again, my mum also watched, but I, I couldn't really get into it. Um, well, it's a, it's Captain Archer. He's he's my my great grandson. Yeah, he's your namesake, so, yeah. so you had to pay some attention to him. Yeah. But yeah. but yeah, no, I'm I'm thinking maybe I could I could see. I have a, a predisposed attraction to that kind of mm. leadership and and patriarchy. I think that's that's perfect, right? Yeah. <laughs> I like that. I got I got to yeah. use patriarchy. That felt good. That was nice. But in not in a necessarily negative context. Not in like a fuck the patriarchy way. No, but no, like... but in a sense of of <laughs> like an actual an actual loving compassionate masculinity. Yeah, that I is... mean. Yeah, yeah, Cisco is Mufasa, except not quite as hypocritical and uh, slightly tyrannical. Isn't yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. The good Mufasa, the, the good... ideal Mufasa. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Great, well, I think that... back. Yeah, all right, we're going back to the Lion King. <laughs> Everything does. I think that's a good place for us to, to bring it to a close yeah, for sure. today. Um, do you have any idea what you'd like to talk about next? No. And I'll tell you why. Because every time we say, what should we do next time? That is invariably not the thing we do next time. <laughs> regardless yeah, of how long it takes. <laughs> that's the game. I didn't know. I, I didn't come into this with any with any ideas for the next one. I was I was super psyched to do this again. And um, I think it took me a while. I was rusty in the beginning, but hopefully it, I got I gained some momentum and I wasn't too dull. But um, no, you just uh, like you lacked some it. match fitness, but you gotta. I did. Like, I've been i playing too much football manager. You know, I've been playing football manager too, and we'll talk about that off pod because uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's not healthy, well, the, but it's fun. The other thing that if we mention it now, we will have to do is the other podcast that you want to do, which is a, a musical podcast idea that you you've come up with um, that you want to start recording. That I insist I be the first person to appear on it. That's that's that, that I that's that's insist- fine. I insist upon that. But have you come up with a name for it yet? Um, I'm not I'm not set. So this is kind of... Uh, but you have to decide right now, because if we tell people that this is a thing that exists and then you've changed the name... <laughs> well, it doesn't exist yet. I've not done anything. But the, the idea is to um, talk 
to people. I think that the idea is to more just record conversations with people. And if I end up putting them out one day, then then that's great. But it's just kind of like a bit of therapy to me a little bit because I love music. Like music is something I love more than even Star Trek, if you can believe that. Um, what? <laughs> and but I try I try really hard to. Um, this is not going to be a quick plug. Sorry, this should have been a really quick fire plug. But I try really hard to appreciate other people's taste in music because um, I like all sorts of things. And I want to be the kind of person that if someone tells me that they like a certain kind of music or a certain band or a song that I don't like, I can be like, cool, man, like whatever you like. And that's yeah. what I want to be. But my initial reaction is normally if I think that thing they like is not good, I have a I feel judgmental. And I don't want to do uh-huh. that. So in an effort to kind of... Um, to to heal and better myself, I want to talk to people about the music that they love and why in, in an effort to kind of empathise more and try to understand my friends and family through the music that they, they really care about. So I'll be very happy to sit down with you one day and talk about the music that you love. And I'd like to, and many of more of my friends and family I'd like to do this with. And if one day I put this out, hopefully it will be as part of a wider network of, mu- of music-related podcast which currently the working umbrella title is the jukebox um, oh very nice there we go the jukebox so maybe one day look out for the jukebox and there'll be i think different kind of shows underneath that but yeah that's that's my that's my ongoing project at the moment but we're just gonna we're gonna do it tomorrow <laughs> i'd love to we're just but... we're just gonna do it there's no no <laughs> hanging around we're just gonna do it all right well this i know it's late but fuck it let's just Pause this. <laughs> yeah, keep keep it rolling. I'll keep make some rolling. coffee and then we'll just go straight into yeah. it. Works all, for me. All night long, baby. Well, keep an eye out for the jukebox, people. And also, whatever the hell we decide to do next. We need some something vulnerable. We need some, some dads. We do, yeah. If any if anyone has an idea of, of dads, leave it in the comments, as always. And like, share, subscribe. I guess sure. that's what people do. Yeah, I think they're yeah. supposed to tell people to do that from what I understand. Yeah, so go love your dad, be vulnerable with your parents, treat them respectfully, uh, don't don't kill yourself to bring them back from subspace. That's that's only for Jake Sisko. It's the one time it works. <laughs> yeah, it only worked one time, folks. So don't you go <laughs> you go trying to recreate the visitor. Um, but yeah, we'll see you next time. Bye. Goodbye.